we have gathered you all here today because we are no longer fired up about Game of Thrones. We would like to have 10 seconds of silence for season seven. What does Dead May Never Die? But rises harder and stronger. But returns in 2019. Oh, God. that is sad. Oh, no. You know, JD, we started this pod, gosh, about seven, I guess exactly seven weeks ago. Uh, eight weeks because we premiered the pod right before the season premiere of Game of Thrones. And how quickly time has flown. We've done 13 pod episodes. We've reviewed every single episode after our fans were clamoring for it because we didn't plan on doing an episode after every or a pod after every episode you got to do it there's so much to talk about especially this season when they condense down to seven there's i feel like there's not as many plot lines but there's just as much to talk about and there's so much to get fired up about yes especially this season a lot of controversy highs and lows let's delve into just the episode that any any thought well let's any thoughts on the season overall let's talk about that i think that for the season for me anyway it went from a tale of almost two halves the first like three or four episodes were awesome uh, a lot of stuff that we had been kind of waiting for danny coming down to uh dragonstone john going to meet up with them you know the stuff in winterfell and then the last five and six were kind of okay are they moving too fast we're not getting the dialogue that we want and season episode seven i thought was fantastic Okay. So I, I think overall, as a season, I felt that seven was not maybe on par with the George R. R. Martin written seasons of like one through three and four, but I think it was better than like five. Maybe a little bit better than six. Where would you put it? It's just so hard to cut down with such an expansive story to squeeze it into seven episodes. Even though I I get that some of them were longer. But my my God, it just seemed like some stuff was a little rushed. And when you're not going off that, that George, uh, what do you say? Uh, just the, his plot, his writing, yeah. the source material. I don't know. I think that it's frustrating, especially in an episode like this finale, where you have so many conversations, where that's what Game of Thrones was, where two people are just in a room talking, and it's a good scene. And we missed a lot of that because they were jumping around from place to place without giving these characters time to get places and stuff like that. Yeah, but then in the same vein, CGI, the special effects, still fire. Costumes, God, Cersei's costume in this last episode. I mean, Daenerys has been on. Point tell me what you too. want, but that that outfit is fire. It was good. And then the music's always tops. It's, it's still the best show on television, hands down. And I was still. Just more excited for this series or season finale than I've been excited for a show in a long time. And we got a lot of great stuff. Yeah, we did. I thought the first 30 minutes of this episode were fantastic. Getting some of those meetings for the first time. uh, Getting a Bron Tyrion reunion again where they get to talk a little bit. Um, Tyrion, Jamie, Tyrion, Cersei. Okay, I mean, we'll get into that. Yeah. So let's Let's take it one at a time. Yeah, where should we start? Let's start with... um... Let's start with Bronn and Jamie because that's how they kind of opened the episode. I felt like we could already see a turn in Jamie. Did you notice when you were watching it in the first, it was all about Cox, right? And I felt like every time Bronn and Jamie, they're always talking. They ain't and, wrong. And Jamie never says it though. Jamie always says things like, downtrodden, or what do you do it for? You do it for family, you do it for gold. And then at one point he does, 
Maybe it is all for cocks. Yeah, right. And it's like, oh, Jamie, that's uh, coming around. That's so out of character for you. Uh, I thought it was a little funny. I just wanted to say this because we'll bring it up in the beginning and never again through the whole episode. It's kind of like Grey Worm. They pan up. The first face that we see in the episode is Grey Worm, and mm-hmm. then we never saw him yeah. again. That scene with the Dothraki coming through the Unsullied, just beautiful film. That was great. Beautiful filmmaking. Okay, so here's a quick question. Before the series is done, will Jamie have sex with anyone other than Cersei? Because he still only had sex with Cersei. Oh, man. I mean, are we basically betting whether or not it's going to be Brienne or not? Ooh, that'd be cool, though. What happens if Tormund comes back? Ooh. A little Tormund Jamie? I mean, Jamie's losing that fight. Take Tormund, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Braun and Tyrion, that was one, you know, it was good to see him. That was the conversation I think we expected to have them back when he was introducing him and Jamie. Witty banter, and then yeah. at the end, it's just, it's good to see you. Man, Braun kind of pwned him there with his clever words, talking about, hey, I am maybe I am looking after myself for bringing two traitors into the dragon pit. Yeah. That was pretty good. He got him there. Some of the conversations when they brought him in, even between Podrick and Tyrion, I thought that was great. Or when uh, the Hound and Brienne are talking about Arya. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, who's protecting her? They need to protect whoever's in her way. I thought it was that was just, great. Steph and I were talking about their relationship, the Hound and Arya's. Because Arya, I mean, obviously she's a little conflicted because of the kind of monster he was in those early seasons. And then the guy who kind of took care of her. Um, so does Arya, does she hate the Hound? I think he's off her list. But she also let him, like, she left him there to die. I believe that, yes, he has made it off her list because of that. I do think that she feels some sort of kinship with the Hound because she understands that for him, it was all about money, but also protection. He wasn't just going to sell her to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, He was going to sell her to the, her family. And at any point, he could have sold her to the Lannisters, the Boltons yeah. of anything. Yeah. So I do think that he is off the list. Him, Her giving him mercy, as she called it, um, I think got him off the list. So I think he's okay if they see again, if they see each other again in Winterfell or something like that. That's a reunion I'd like to see. I think we'll I see I love it. the Hound. I want, him oh. to make, I want him to make it through to the end. What did he mean when he was talking to his brother in the Dragon Pit? And he's like, you know how it ends for you, brother. Yeah. He's it, like, what is that? Like, did he see another coming fire vision? Like, do they know? Maybe just that it's a foregone conclusion to him that they're going to have Clegane Bowl at some point. Uh, did you see the article that came right out then. that he was training already for it? No. What do you mean? Rory McCann said he's training for Clegane Bowl. Oh. It's going to be fire in 2019 yeah, like when that. that happens. But why does he say that? Is it because he'd been spending time with Barrack around the fires and we didn't get to see it? I'm wondering. I was confused. I'm wondering if I, it was yeah. a lot. A lot of our characters have had prophecies throughout the years, and I wonder if that's something where, because we've never gotten a hound but I don't POV. Know, I don't know how he would know that Gregor knows the same visions that he's seeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it happened when they were little. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it kind of went over my head yeah, it to was where cool. I, I didn't did, know quite how to read into it. I did like that he knew that this was not his brother. Like, he knew mm-hmm. that he had known him, but he was like, man, what did they do to you? <laughs> like, you look worse than I do. Yeah, that was great. So that was good. The Dragon Pit, uh, we had just, you had mentioned it earlier, and I sh- should have brought it up. Did you notice how there was not, from for a show that has such great music, there were a lot, there was lots of silence in the mm-hmm. Dragon Pit. And I thought that was a great, because we've always been talking about how the music in every scene was great during all the CGI. I thought it was uh, 
it was a good twist or a good touch. Nice change of pace. Yeah, to build the tension with no music. When they're all looking around, too, when they first get into the pit, and then they see Braun and Pod going to the side, and it's like, did we just walk into a trap? It's what I mean, that's the beauty of kind of what George R. R. Martin created with Game of Thrones, is that you are always on your toes. You're always kind of looking for the trap, knowing that you could expect anything. Like, if Braun and Pod had gone and you know, something drastic would happen. Would like it was almost surprising that more drastic stuff didn't happen. Do you think? Yeah, especially in the dragon pit, they had built it up like Cersei's going to betray them or something like that, or she's going to set a trap of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did think something was going to happen. I think Tyrion was trying to force his hand, force Cersei's hand. Uh, by well, th- well, let's talk about Cersei and Tyrion. Great scene. Maybe the best scene? It was, any Cersei scene I thought was great in the last few episodes. Lena Headey's been killing it uh, this season. Pretty confident that we weren't going to lose Tyrion. Correct. But they might be the two best actors of the series. So any scene together, he crushed it. And when he basically was almost egging her on to yeah. kill him. And then when she didn't, and he just goes right for the wine because it's just, it's just well shot. It was, I mean, the Lannisters then, might be the best acting because even Jamie's a great actor. Nicolaj's, yeah, he was great. Now the Tyrion and Cersei scene. Yeah, what do you think? Because I mean, we're both talking about the fact that they it, we didn't get to see the end of their conversation, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we've talked, kind of what I think, and I think yeah, I'm kind of on the same page where we think that. Tyrion told Cersei that Danny can't have children, so she's like, "Hey, I mean, I don't know what his plan is. Like, he's going back to his family and let them, their child, rule yeah. the Seven Kingdoms. Someone will rule after her. Why not your child? Is is he? Because he, they talked a lot about Tyrion's destruction of his family. Is this his way? Is his the finishing of his arc try to bring the Lannisters back up to mm-hmm. like, power, redeem, become like?" The, the kings and queens. Well, because we talked about that was the reason that he was all weird when John and Danny were boning. Yeah, when they were that was it was such it. a strange scene to like have him kind of lurking like his little finger in the halls, like all upset. But I thought it was more of just a worry that if he'd promised Cersei this, and this is like kind of a deal that they made, and if Danny gets pregnant, everything's blown up. But at the same time, Cersei clearly is in. So why the whole scene, the whole plot to go get that white north of the wall, like you think Cersei's going to be trusted. Like Tyrion should know Cersei's not to be trusted. And so it's no surprise that she had these ulterior motives the entire time. She doesn't give a shit about anyone but her, basically her and Jamie now. I feel like she's actually kind of turning into Tywin. It, it was like a joke when she used to get drunk and make these bad decisions, but now it seems like she's almost making good decisions. She's scheming well. I'm worried that she's going to end up on the Iron Throne. Like, that's a legitimate worry of mine there now, especially if something can happen with the dragons. I mean... What do you mean? Oh, at the like, end? Yeah, at the end. At the end end. Ooh, that would be... A nice... You from George. I'm guessing for the way the books and the show have diverged so much... It's basically two different stories at this point. Oh, yes. But I think the same ending will. I think D and D have said that, that. They know how George wants to end it. So I think the ending will be the same. And if it's Cersei, I mean, George is throwing curveballs. Wouldn't that be drastic? 
That would be so unexpected, but I'd be okay with it. I love Cersei. Now let's talk about a little bit more about the dragon pit now. You're on. I mean, she fooled us all. I mean, she fooled the audience. She fooled. I mean, he's him, a good actor. He's a great actor. Uh, I was like, man, he's out of here. That was a great line. He's like, I've been around. I've seen everything. And that's the first thing that's ever terrified me. I'm surprised we didn't see Yara at all, even though they talked about her. I thought we'd see her. Um, okay, so he's going to Essos. He's going to get the Golden Company. Do you know what my theory is on the Golden Company? No. What's that? You know who's leading the Golden Company? Dario. I was just going to say Dario is coming back, man. He's a sellsword. Probably over Marine. He's looking to get his way back to Danny. Right? And so that's one way to do it. And then he might try to turn the army around. But oh, wait, she's got John. Yeah, that could happen. That would be that would be naughty. And of course, they're going to do a, tri- a love triangle. They got to have some romantic interests yeah. and ways for them to fight and stuff like that. It's not going to happen in the books, obviously. But I can see that happening in the show. Do you think that Tyrion actually has a lot more Lannister loyalty? Be- I mean, I know we just talked about it. I feel like he's switching sides almost. I feel like he's, because he knows that Daenerys can only get so far, I don't think that he actually wants dragons in the world. He realizes that literally if she kills him right there, he actually is the destruction of the house because what Danny is going to do is light fire to King's Landing and then all the Lannisters are dead. Mm-hmm. Right. So now he's not the destruction of the house. I think that may be a turning point for him. You know, that was when he decided, okay, oh, she's pregnant. Now he's actually going to help grow the family again which seems kind of weird does he still want casterly rock it seems well, to me like the thinking, only like, thing that he wants is casterly rock i mean that's what it seemed like earlier on in the seasons but at this point you never know is he not worried about the north i feel like he's more focused kind of still on what's going on down south than the battle north which i mean i don't think he's gonna go north i don't know why anyone's north i think everyone north should go south yeah. first off <laughs> Like, why doesn't everybody come south, everyone get together, put up your defenses? It's like the army of the dead. They're not smart. Like, just trap them. Figure it out. Yeah, and Winterfell is in the middle of snow. Like, oh, we're going to march it's all harder these to troops. Battle up there. Yeah, yeah, all these troops are going to be up there without yeah. food. No and food. Danny burnt the loot train. Yeah, go south. Go south. All right. Who doesn't want to be in Dorne when winter comes? Oh, Dorne just – Elaria, we didn't – she's still alive or is she done? Or maybe everyone – hey – they can't go underwater. Everyone go to Essos. Yeah, everybody go to Essos. Euron made a good point. I like that. That was his question. Can this thing swim? Also, I had a, I, I did have an issue that um I had an issue that somebody stepped up, you know, maybe it was Tyrion, maybe it was John, and the mountain came in front. It was like, oh yeah. And then the white is going directly at Cersei. And she gets they gets two feet from her face, and the mountain's mm-hmm. nowhere. And the hound literally like has to pull it back. Yeah, it's like I thought you were protecting like, man, her. What are you doing, guy? So, so that was a little weird. That was weird. That was just for dramatic effect. It's, yeah. Sometimes you got to do it. Whatever. It was a little. I mean, just the part that the white was chilling in that box, like after he set him down, the thing's all spastic the entire time. Like he knocks it and freaks out in the beginning of the episode, and then it's just like sitting down there, like waiting. Until he gets kicked over, to, uh, it's like it's that becoming, was a bit much. It's becoming like it. sentient. It's learning. Yeah. It's like no, that's not. Yeah, yeah, he knocks it, and they start going crazy in the box. And now all of a sudden, he's waiting until he gets mm, tipped over. Creepy ass Kyburn, just oogling that hand. Like he, ooh, he didn't even have a glove on, on when he grabbed it. He grabbed it barehanded, and he was just yeah. like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! How can nice. I make one of these?" 
Kyburn's a little weirdo. Cersei and Jamie, though. I mean, I did we all expect Jamie to die? I thought he was gone. He was a goner. Because it just would have been like a little poetic if she spares Tyrion and kills Jamie. Yeah. Like that's And then they had the head nod. The head nod. So do you think that Cersei at some point had said to the mountain, like, hey, nothing can ever so happen to me can, or Jamie? Yeah, he can take instructions like that. Yeah. But that was weird because he's a zombie. So how does he have different very – he can notice subtlety. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he can take directions from her. But I thought Jamie was gone. And when she gave the head nod, you were like, shh. You know what? He didn't believe her. He was I'm right. I'm so glad that he's not gone. Because he character? has a role to play. Is he your favorite character? Yes. Um, him or the Hound, probably. Oh, I love the Hound. And they both have these redemptive storylines. And Jamie kind of already had his, but it kind of went – down and up and down and up again. Yeah, and, and it was now I think it's you know, hopefully he doesn't go back to Cersei again like he just did. I think it's that, always about the cock. I think dude. it's done now. I think I think yeah, it's I think done it is too. I mean, him and Brienne will be up north. Who knows what's gonna happen? They got to keep warm somehow. Mm-hmm. Jamie's gone now. What does he do at the end? Oh, he's he's going to win. Yeah, he's gonna go meet them in the north because he's outside of King's Landing. With so the I'm trying ashes. to recall. So that that whole scene with Jamie and Cersei, he was upset that she was kind of. Going behind his back, plotting with Euron, like he's just out of the loop again. Yes. Is that what kind of... Yeah, so she's, he's out of the loop, and then he says, I made a pledge to go help them. So now he's all honor-bound, right? He's the one yeah. that's not lying, and she says, no, this is what yeah, we're doing. So, sick of her shit, yeah, man. I made an oath. Yeah. Well, and Jamie's always been about the oath. Like, especially in the book, for him, it was always, you take so many oaths. You know, you're a king's guard, but then what do I do when, when my family's marching? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it's these conflicting... You know, he says, our child's going to rule the kingdom, so there's no children to rule over. Mm-hmm. Or there's no, not the children. Our children won't be able to rule every, over everything if we die. Um, so I think that he's sick of people just the false promises, which is what John was saying all episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if we keep, if everybody's telling false promises, words don't mean anything. So moving to Danny and John, it was funny because I was asking my mom, like, what do you think about the episode? And she's like, well, you know what? I just have one thought on the episode. Did we really need more incest? No. I mean, no, we don't. I mean, nobody needs incest. I mean, I don't know anything. anybody that is, needs incest. Is aunt, nephew, incest better than brother, sister? I'd say so. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, especially twins. Like, oh, that's weird, man. That is. That's a bit much. But you have to think about just because the two most prominent relationships doesn't mean there's a bunch of incest. There's been plenty of other sex on the show. <laughs> you know, it's just that the, ooh, the two high-profile couples are incestual. Yeah, it is. I don't think that they. And one doesn't it. know. It's weird because, especially in the books, having read them, a lot of times in the books, the Targaryens are incestual. Like that's what it is. Danny grows up expecting yeah. that she's gonna marry, like her brother. Like I think it's in the first episode of the entire series where they go, Targaryens have wed brother and sister for years. And it's just like, oh, it's just like an established, it's established canon of this world. It doesn't make Targaryen. It. No, it doesn't make it right. <laughs> but, and that probably leads to the madness that inflicts their family well that's what they say when yeah. it, whenever a targaryen is born i think they say it in the show whenever a targaryen is born the gods flip a, co- a coin they either yeah. come out mad or they come out normal and that's what they were wondering about danny you know rhaegar came out a little bit normal but then viserys was a little bit crazy what's danny gonna be and she seems to be a little bit of both john and theon could have been the scene of the show though 
Almost cried. Really? I really did. I got emotional for that because, you know, Theon's just such a great character. Alf Yon's a great actor. He might be my favorite actor. Yeah, on the show. He might be the, yeah, he might be one of the best for sure. He needs to get his uh, a little recognition before the show's out. Him and Rory, whatever. The Rory hound. McCann, the hound. Yeah. But yeah, that scene. Especially because it was such a, I know, it was such a heavy-handed, like, we all know now that John is two different, <laughs> you know, houses as well. Yeah. And so it, it makes makes a lot of sense that hopefully he'll listen to what he says later. It was a great scene. So nice to see Theon get just a little relief, a little forgiveness from someone who really it matters to Theon of what John thinks, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah it definitely does. The Stark kids in general, I mean, he because he hurt them so bad, I feel like he needs mm-hmm. some sort of acceptance it's from nice. them. Nice. Go, go help your sister. And then it went from like one of the best scenes to probably the stupidest scene of the episode. This is what I have written on my notes. JD and I watched it together. Theon slash John, sick. Yes, I write that on my notes. <laughs> Theon slash fight, bad. What was that? He it's got like I... punched 15 times, then he headbutted the guy, and the guy was knocked unconscious. All because the guy kicked him in the nuts. And I mean... Like the guy doesn't know he doesn't have any nuts? I don't know what it's like to not have anything. I think it would still hurt. Yeah, you got a wound. Like, I think... You got a scar. <laughs> yeah. Or even a girl. If you knee her there, yeah. it still hurts. You're getting kneed. You're, that's not, it hurts Steph. It's, <laughs> it's not zero pain. <laughs> yeah. Right? There's definitely still pain. It was the worst. It, it was just unnecessary. It would just seem like, let Theon fight well even like he he didn't even he got punched like nine times the crap kicked out of him and then give one headbutt we're just like oh we'll follow you now because you let him give us let him give a nice speech or something like i know it didn't work out when he did it in winterfell he just got cracked across the back of the head with a oar well that's what i I don't know i just thought it was a little heavy-handed and it's also hey look you know oh yeah we're gonna fight he could have just left Theon? Yeah. Well, I mean, but he's, he's got to get the armies, though. He's got to get the great – he's got to get the uh, the Ironborn. I don't know. What's he doing? Well, he's going to go get Yara. So he needs all the boats. He's not just going to bounce. I mean, I don't know where Yara is. I feel like that's – I'm assuming she's at in Pike. King's Landing. Oh, at King's Landing, one of the cells? Yeah. Unless he – Unless, unless you're on Tucker or back or who knows. Uh-uh. That'll be for next season. It was a bad fight because I'll tell you, just because he got kicked in the nuts, oh, you won that fight because you don't have a cock. I'm going to follow you. Yeah. It's like, no. Great. You're a coward, man. Uh, I did like when John told him, he's like, oh, you, I've done things I regret. It's like, not compared to me. He's like, no. Like, nope. Not compared to you. Yeah. Let's, let's be real here. Yeah. All right. But Theon and John was, was awesome. Let's move over to Bran and Sam, because I do want to talk about Winterfell, but let's talk about Bran and Sam first, because, one, Sam Tarly, man, I like John, uh, John, what's his name, that, uh, John Bradley, I like that actor a lot, he's, his comedic timing, when he walks in the room, I like that when Bran was like, oh, I'm the three-eyed raven, he's the first one, I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. Yeah, what? He's like, oh, well, let me explain it to you, I can see the past and the present. So So he can't see the future, which is something that people have thought i'm like i don't think he can see the future that would be quite the game changer it would be and i know i don't think he can but did that because a lot of people were clowning on it like he's not a stark i need to tell him who his parents are Uh, he's he's a bastard and then sam's like oh no he's not a bastard now some people were a little peeved that bran didn't know that but is it because maybe the memories are hard to locate we're all in the dark with how it really works do you think we'll ever really know I no. think that's something that they could just leave we'll unexplained. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't know just off the top of his head like 
every occurrence, but I guess he can just search them out. Well, maybe if he knows, maybe he like was when looking. and where. Yeah, like, but you would think you would just follow Rhaegar around and Lyanna. Well, I didn't even think Sam was paying attention when she said that about no, because she saw she said it and and he just brushed her off. Well, you know how he described it in the scene. He says, "I transcribed." He transcribed it, so yeah. he maybe he wrote it, transcribed it, and then right. Gilly was just reading it, and he knew what was going on. Okay. Uh, but Rhaegar. Why does he have to look like such a wimpy little teenager? Because in the books, he's like this warrior. He's got the ruby-chested diamond dragon or dragon on his chest. Yeah, like he looked a lot like Viserys. Yeah, and just like a, kind of a puss, to me anyway. We didn't get a great look at him, though. No, just kind of mostly the from the side, where it like really looked like Viserys, and it looked like Viserys' nose. You think we'll get more of him next season? Rhaegar? flashbacks it's a little more important like because like oh no. john is rhaegar and liana's kid and for tv show people they're like oh great who's that don't you think so we have to go back in order to establish you want to you want to establish a little bit of who john's parents are and oh man if we got like summer hall the summer hall tragedy yeah 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 that would be i think you're right because now we maybe the way that john is because that's kind of how Rhaegar has always been described, right? Like a little bit, a hero, but like a reluctant one because mm-hmm. he's kind of mopey and stuff like that. Uh, maybe if they get some scenes, but I'm not entirely sure what they would show. They would almost have to create content, which they're obviously fine doing mm-hmm. uh, because t- the Game of Thrones books don't go into, into it as much. Yeah. But I mean, it was a good scene, cool. just seeing them get just, married. And that's yeah. It was cool. It was just fine. Exposition. Creepy brand there. Using brand to basically tell other stories. It's like, man, yeah. just have that scene in. So Winterfell. Oh. Littlefinger dying was awesome. It was a great death scene. It was, it was the, the perfect Littlefinger death scene. Did it make you frustrated? Well, let's talk about Littlefinger and Sansa. Is that Sansa's first attempt at kind of getting it out of him that he's trying to drive a wedge between them? Because he, she knows that she doesn't want to be the Lady of Winterfell. Like I feel like that was the first scene where they were really trying to trick Littlefinger. Because I know that we had talked about last, you know, the other few scenes where they're like sowing discord. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it wasn't until Sansa found the faces that she believed what Arya really was. I'll be honest. I don't know what half that stuff was even like. So, I mean, that. When Sansa and Arya are having that scene where she finds the faces, is that manufactured or is that a real scene? I feel like it's manufactured. I feel like the whole thing was supposed to be manufactured, and it was completely ridiculous. So I originally thought that it was made up, and I thought that it was all done to trick the audience, which is kind of cheap because you're trying to catch Littlefinger. But I was talking to my dad today, and he said, well, what if the only scenes that we had really seen are the one where they meet up, right, the first time they meet up, which is a good scene. Yeah. And then they have the the thing on the wall where they find each other, like where she finds, she shows her the note. Mm-hmm. And then they have her sneaking into the room and them having the confrontation. But because Littlefinger's not in that room, what if everything up until that moment was real? Like Arya's, you know, she's tracking Littlefinger. She finds the letter. She confronts Sansa about it. Then I would like to believe that. I don't believe that was the case. And no. if that was the case, I would have liked... I get that that ruins the surprise of the... Where they're trying to be overly dramatic again with the, oh, 
what do you have to say for yourself, Littlefinger, or whatever the line was that it, and I think even when it happened, I think I gave a sarcastic, no. like, oh, wow, how amazing, you you fooled us. But it's like, did they really fool us? Like, we kind of saw that as one of two options to where they were playing Littlefinger all along. So I get that that would have ruined that surprise, but it also would have been nice to where if those scenes were in fact genuine, I would have liked to have had a scene of them talking it out and figuring out, like just I agree you know, solving the problem. Yeah, I agree with that. As opposed to jumping from A to B to C and then everything solved. Because also, if they're gonna have uh, some commute meeting where the three Stark kids are together, like having this conversation, isn't Littlefinger trying to figure it out? It would seem to me that you could play a different game that gets to the same point, but not. It, it just seemed like a trick for the audience, mm-hmm. and that's all they were trying to trick. Yeah, and I know a lot of people were a little upset, and I think this is probably more book readers because he's a little more fleshed out in the books. Um. They were a little more upset that Littlefinger even would have stayed around Winterfell if all this stuff was happening. That's fair because like he's kind he of like realizing what's a going trap on. for himself, especially. And I get that all Brand said was like the one chaos is a ladder line, but I think word would have gone around that like, oh, this Brand Stark guy, he's called himself the Three Eyed Raven now, and supposedly he knows everything. Yeah. That'd be like the key to Littlefinger and be like, oh, I've done a lot of bad shit. Is it like, kind of impossible for Littlefinger to leave, though? Because if he leaves, all his power is he leaves still with there. no army, yeah. he leaves with nothing. And then he's guilty if he leaves. And that's why he has to kind of make chaos, because that's always been his thing. Mm-hmm. He creates chaos to drive attention away from himself. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what it's always been. What I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see a scene between Sansa and Jan Royce about how she had lied to them. About Liza Arryn's yeah. death, right? She yeah. brought it up like I was there, and she obviously had a conversation because if I'd been lied to, and then I'm, I'm like reporting to you, like you're my bannerman, mm-hmm. like come on, what's going on? Yeah, just even if it's like, hey man, Littlefinger had me all fucked up in the head, cool. So I would have liked that conversation. I did like that they went over the fact about how it was Littlefinger who basically started this whole thing by poisoning John Aaron. Because I think that's something that kind of went under the radar for non-hardcore show watchers or book readers. That this whole thing started because of Littlefinger. Yeah. Like he was such an influential player that none of this would have happened if he didn't have Lysa poison John Aaron. It starts off the whole show. Yeah, it really does. And it, it's just That was a huge moment. Um, when she admitted that, but I remember when Liza admitted it, she was like really like spastic, and it was really fast because so Liza was, nice. was, Liza was always this sickly old woman. Yeah, she was she, not old woman, but she was just a weirdo. Yeah, it was fun when she died. She just get tossed. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the wall coming down. Yeah. <laughs> the wall coming down. Okay. Can uh, we say Tormund is fine? If you go back Barrett and watch it, I know that after, because we did watch it together, yeah. and you were a little worried, is that how Tormund died? Because we've seen that some was, crappy deaths for some of our that favorite was like characters. like my first worry. I was like, did, did Tormund just get the worst off-screen death of all time? Ew, that would have been awful. And then we we watched again, and I think, I think he's safe. Yeah, because you can see him stop, and the guy with like an archer bow falls or whatever. Yeah, and it's just kind of that part of the wall falls, and then everything east 
of that falls. Yeah, but exactly. the the rest of the wall is still standing. But it's like, oh, everybody that was at Eastwatch dead. But we didn't see Gendry. Like, yeah, I know he's gonna be alive next year, but it's just annoying because like, man, some of these people are gonna be alive, and it looks like one, they're now south of the wall, and it looked like they'd already marched a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. And I know it's gonna take them forever. And then where do they go? Do they tr- are they gonna go to Winterfell? Do they know the castles, or are they just now conquering? And is Winter just gonna be spreading? Is their front line just wide enough that they're just enveloping the north? Yeah. Pretty drastic. I don't know. Do you see the screenshot of the army of the dead going through? No. And it looks like the Stark sigil. Really? It's a little weird. It looks like a wolf, kind of. Like the just the way they're shaped? Yes. Oh, like the, the armies? Well, that's kind of crazy. So this is the screenshot. All right, everybody go Google yeah, Direwolf. What the hell? I mean, that does look like the Stark sigil, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's just going to feed into the Bran as the Night King. I don't think Bran is the Night King. I think it would be... The theories are good, but... The theories are good, but sometimes it's like a little much where it would take a long time explaining how that works. Yeah. But... It would be a trip. It would be a trip. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Winterfell mostly. Um, I mean, I, it was a good episode. I liked the finale a lot. I'm, I think I also liked it because, you know, a lot of these episodes in the last two or three, maybe four, it's been like 20 to 30 minutes of CGI and like 20, 30 minutes of scenes, which you can't get that much. But having 20 minutes of CGI and like an hour and 10 minutes of dialogue scenes mm-hmm. was awesome. And I really appreciated that because it hadn't been – I think the Game of Thrones is the best – when people are hashing out these conversations and you get good actors in great costumes having good conversations that are tough human conversations. And they just don't do that when 20 minutes of it is awesome dragon CGI stuff. And the dragons have looked awesome. Yeah, and I will say I think they dropped the ball. With some of the, the Winterfell stuff, just... It could have been done better. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, if it, I the story was disappointing. The payoff was good, but I don't want us to forget how getting there was bad. Because exactly. Getting there. Yeah, I'm glad it's done with. Yes, because there's so many other scenes that they could have showed us different scheming, but instead they just had these big set pieces. Again, and I've said it for the third time this pod, it was like they just wanted to trick us and have a surprise. But you know what? It's just as fulfilling if Littlefinger is scheming against the Starks and you see it all and Littlefinger still dies. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you're not losing any luster if we know it's going to happen because this episode was kind of predictable. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's it's like they thought they have to have a big twist for it to be successful. And it's like we all knew it was going to happen, and it could have been written a little bit better. I agree with that. Yeah, and I just hope that either Winds of Winter comes out or something because I hope the writing's good in the last season and it's not just CGI battles. But I have a feeling it will be, which will be awesome because imagine the technology in a year and a half. Oh, it might be 3D. I'm ready to see Jamie battle some dead people. He can't fight anybody with that arm. The Dothraki almost got him. Yeah. He, He's got no dick on he to save him. He, 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 he survived person, like four deaths. Was he the person that should have died the most this year? No, because he needs to – he can't die at his lowest. Like, he can't die when he's still with Cersei. That, that's what I said where it's like, okay, we want some surprise deaths. But when I thought Jamie was going to die at the hands of Cersei, I was like, like, that's just not the way I want to see him go. It would have been a good scene. But it doesn't really make sense from Cersei's arc because she clearly loves him, Mm -hmm. clearly loves power also. 
I would have been. I think it would have been a little out of character, especially because she had just not killed Tyrion. Yeah. I know it would have been poetic a little bit, yeah. but Jamie, no, Jamie can't go. I was a little surprised Bronn didn't go with him. I think he just kind of pieced off. He might not have said anything to Bronn. He's just out. Yeah. I don't know what Bronn's going to do, just stay in King's Landing. Uh, he's marrying Cersei. Ooh, that would be nice. Right? He's be get, moving on up. He's him. getting his castle. All right, I think Game of Thrones. Man, it, it's like I don't want this pod to end as soon as it's over. I mean, it's really over. Because Game of Thrones isn't really over until you listen to us talk about it. And then oh, just oh, we, when Sunday comes up this weekend, and you're like, oh, it's 9 o'clock. Oh. Oh, wait. I guess I'll just go back to season one, episode one. It just started <laughs> over. I mean, you got six months to get it over. All right, for Chris, I've, uh, I'm going to do a couple. Uh, let's see if I can remember some of these lines. Oh, you got some. Uh... I just have one. No, not compared to you. That's Jon Snow. I don't even know what that was well, from. It's to Theon. Not compared to some of the things I've done. No, not compared to you. It's a bad, it's a bad Cheerio. job. I'll, I'll see you on the battlefield. Or when Jamie says it to Brienne. Oh, I, I imagine we'll be seeing each other soon. It'll be across the battlefield. What was the what was the hounds line I liked about the dumb fucking ideas and how it's always oh. a Lannister's idea? And there's a, yeah, there's always a Lannister cunt behind the <laughs> dumb idea, and there's always a Clegane cunt to help them see it through. Okay, how about this question? Who, if you could pick one person that you want to see make it through to the end, not Danny or John. Like a, a bit bit part. I mean, for me, the Hound is my favorite character, I would say. But if he's is he too That's, big? No, no. I think the Hound's... What about Bronn? That'd be a good one. You know, Man, what? we have all these characters. Like, I feel like nobody really died this season. I was going to ask you if we had any surprise deaths. We lost the Tarleys. Who cares? No. We lost... Like we just met the Tarleys. We lost Littlefinger. We lost all the Sand Snakes. His time was over. Thank God. Nobody wanted the Sand Snakes. We lost Yara, but kind of. She'll, sounds like she'll be back. It's almost like they were doing it to appease everyone. Like, oh, you don't like them? Like, we'll take care yeah. of them. Yeah. But yet, there are no surprise deaths, which has always kind of been a staple, is that... You people should be paying for their mistakes, mm-hmm. and all of these people. There were plenty of mistakes made. Don't go try to catch a white. Obviously, they've given up the dragon, so somebody's going to die there. But Tyrion had all these bad plans. Uh, Grey Worm and the Unsullied were trapped at Lannis, like Casterly Rock, with no weapons and no way to get out. And then they were done, and they were out. There was mm-hmm. just no consequences for anything, almost. Very non George. Very non George. It's almost like he hasn't written the last two books. Yeah. Oh my God, there are two. We have like it's like D and D like developed these attachments to like the actors and like oh well, we don't want to kill you off yet like oh we have you signed through season eight. George is the guy who invented Chrome and D and D are just doing yeah. Chrome extensions because they can't build the whole <laughs> thing. It was a good season. I you know it was it was for a non George R R Martin written one. Uh, the CGI really helped elevate the season. I feel like absolutely. Yeah, the music is always good. Did you see the the Field of Fire battle? Oh. That was epic. That was awesome. As ridiculous as it started the next episode. As, as ridiculous as it is that she can ride a dragon and hold on. But hey, I'll I take might it. go on a limb and say this was my least favorite season, which sucks because it's the second to last season. I think five would have been my least favorite. See, I think I, if I went back at season five and just went through some of the episodes, I'd find just a lot of stuff that I loved. I think. And it's not to say that I, there wasn't stuff. And these episodes that I didn't love, and I'm sure I could go back to that second, third, fourth episode. That was kind of like the best part of the season and find some stuff. It felt too rushed. 
And I think you're right. When yeah. you skip three episodes, you miss three hours. Yes, you know, we get a longer finale and a longer penultimate episode, but we still lost, you know, two and a half hours worth of time. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get those scenes. I think if you're going to go to, you know, back to season five, is that when the Hound uh, is the, he's found with Ian McShane, or maybe that's season six, but you get some of those one-off episodes where they can have like these 20-minute scenes. God, that episode was so good. Right? And yeah. it's, you can't do that when half, you have, you cut out two and a half hours, and then you've committed like four hours to dragon fights. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it pissed me off. I actually got a little upset when they had a discussion in the episode about how it would take a fortnight for the Dothraki to get to the down the King's Road. It's like, don't pretend that time <laughs> matters at all anymore. You have shot that out the window. The fact that Sam got to Old Town to Winterfell in one episode, it took him three seasons to get from the Wall to Old Town. Oh my god, I hate time travel. Unless it's Bran in the werewolf. Season, season five might have been pretty bad just because that was Arya oh. and Bravos. See. That was one of the And where Danny was kind of just off on the east and wasn't. And sand like snakes. A, yeah. Yeah, the sand snakes. No, that, that was when they brought in Dorne after four because they, that was the Red Viper was all angry and so they went back to Dorne. Mm-hmm. Where Arya Hota, the biggest guy in West, uh, Westeros, got stabbed with a knife that was yeah. three inches long and died. Yeah, you might have been right. Season season five might have been the weakest. Anyways, so we're sad it's not over. fired up. It's Game of Thrones is, you know, the best show on television right now. Right? I and mean, when else is close? Yeah. Um maybe we'll find another one to get fired up about. Maybe the Deuce, we'll see. Nobody cares about the Deuce. Nah, I'm sure it's probably a good show. It's HBO Simon. I loved HBO. Yep. Give me anything HBO. All right. Well, thanks everybody listening for our Game of Thrones talk. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll uh We'll catch you next it time. It was a good season, all right. It, it was, was a good season. It was a fun season. It was a fine season. I think that having a listening aid like a podcast to listen to a couple days later, you know, really just makes the experience that much better. Absolutely. Later, guys. Later.